Ladies and gentlemen, hello there. And there's a lot of music going on. There we go. Hi. My name is my name is Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I'm very glad that you have decided to pop in on this edition, which is the raw recap edition of the uh, 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 March 4 edition of uh, WWE Raw Edition. <laughs> I'll stop saying edition now. Okay. You know, the idea was, you know, repetitiveness sometimes can be funny and sometimes it can be just annoying. Sometimes. I'm very glad that you guys have decided to, to tune in. Come over uh, onto uh, onto youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes to watch this live. We've got another fantastic house, a full house of people tonight. Already wondering if we are going to be talking about my nipples this evening. Spoiler alert, no, we will not. We've got uh, Blaine and Mr. Fretz and Jay King, CM Phil, Michael Stepney. Uh, we've got uh, We've got the wonderful extraordinary out of this world Kristen Ashley from divadirt.com blame is blaine is here as well folks a lot of people joining live because we do this live every monday and also every tuesday night cuz i do smackdown live recaps as well about a half hour after the show you just pop in you enjoy we got a nice uh, discussions going on we've got uh, we've got me uh, it, it, it regaling you with uh, with all of these uh, interesting factoids and knowledges that I have. <laughs> plus, um, uh, plus, it's just fun. So you know, you always feel free to do that I mean, because maybe you're watching this and you know on your own spare time, and that's fine. I, I really appreciate that. If you are watching this on YouTube, whenever you can, that's man. I, it just boggles my mind that anyone would want to do it, but they do. And I appreciate it. I really do. And you, another way for me to for, that you can show appreciation is to like the video, give give it a thumbs up, tweet, tweet it out there into the universes. That's also super kind. And maybe you're actually watching this. Uh, maybe you're actually watching this on uh, YouTube, not YouTube, but uh, not, not even watching. Maybe you're listening. I'll get there. Maybe you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application because all the audio of these uh, live recordings is also available on your favorite podcasting platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Ooh, it's all there. It is all there. Uh, so, uh, so feel free to, 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 to subscribe and like there as well. Give us a, a review, a comment, whatever. Tell your friends, invite people, let them know about what I do. Because mm. I have a lot, a, a good time doing it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of things I like to do, I have that I have fun doing, uh, tomorrow night is tuesday so just like tonight going to be doing my 205 not my 205 i'm 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 skipping ahead here gonna be doing my smackdown live recap show that's going to be uh 10 30 p.m eastern standard time so you just drop back over here on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes to watch it live or then just wait for it to pop up on demand wherever you prefer and then Wednesday, I'm going to be doing my 205 Live NXT NXT recap, uh, NXT UK <laughs> recap show. I don't do two NXT recaps for the same show. 
205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show. Uh, that's uh, what I'll be doing on Wednesday over at FightfulSelect.com, the premium service of Fightful.com. Premier quality, tip-top notch combat sports news website. Uh, Fightful Select is the premium service where you can support all the good work that um, that Sean does, the entire staff at Fightful.com by uh, subscribing and then you get a whole bunch of extra content that does not end up on the free site. You get my podcast, you get retro reviews that Sean and I do, you get uh, Steven Jensen who does the Fightful Weekender uh, where he uh, he reviews and talks about non-WWE programming. Uh, Sean does the uh, Fightful um, the Fightful Weekly, which is the, um, the Fightful Report, sorry, which is the, uh, like the mothership, I guess you'd say, of the Fightful Select service. So, uh, so go check that out. Lots of great stuff. And Sean's been dropping all sorts of exclusive and pre, uh, uh, preview news, or maybe like, um, not preview. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, mm, mm, news that you get beforehand. You know, uh, before it actually uh, is launched into the universe. He posts a lot of stuff there. He's been doing a lot of work there. So that is fantastic. Then on uh, Thursday, Thursday, it's a a pay-per-view week, correct? We've got Fastlane coming up over this Sunday. So on Thursday, I'm going to be joined by moderator extraordinaire and good chum, JPQ, also known as Big Paws on a Pup over on Twitter, who also has his own podcast called No Particular Angle. He's going to be joining me uh, right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes for the Fastlane Prediction Show. Fastlane Prediction Show. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So be sure to to, to, to join me. Be sure to come over. And, uh, and and join us on Thursday for that. So I'm looking forward to that. John's a great guy. And, and you know, uh, just uh, I'll tell you how great a guy he is. He carried uh, Anthony Souter and I, mostly Anthony, if we're being frank, uh, from this this Sunday. We 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 joined, uh, we being John and I, we joined Anthony on the, the Smart to Death YouTube, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash smart to death. To do a, uh, a a New Japan Cup bracketeering special, bracketology, bracket illusions. We did a lot of that talking about yeah, basically you know booking the entire New Japan Cup. That was a lot of fun, and um, and that is uh, that's amazing. That is amazing. You should go check that out over on Smart to Death YouTube.com slash Smart to Death. Uh, it was a fun show, and we're going to be revisiting our brackets as the actual New Japan Cup goes along. We're going to be doing extra shows so that we can, you know, uh, put our brackets up to date and then continue trying to book, find some sense in, uh, as, as things start uh, going forward. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I'm re- really looking forward to having John solo, mano a mano, uh, <laughs> on, uh, on the show. And that'll be this, uh, this Thursday. I'll be fantastic again. Mm. And apparently, I've been re-invited to uh, the Division podcast, uh, Fightful's women's only, not women's only, women's uh, uh, wrestling uh, podcast. I've been, uh, and Kristen Ashley re-invited me for the weekend. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, we'll be recording Saturday, so it'll probably be, be available on Saturday at some point. Uh, over on Fightful.com. And we're also going to be joined by Harmony. Harmony, who was also a guest here as well. She did the uh, Evolution 
uh, prediction show with me here. So that will be a lot of fun. Uh, lots of, uh, we got Robert who's jumped into the chat. Anthony, how you doing? No, Anthony, it is not wine. It is not wine that I'm drinking. I can't, I, I, I can't stress this enough. I do not drink alcohol while I do the show because then it would be a complete and utter mess. What I am drinking right now is Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. This late on a, uh, it's this late on a, on a Monday evening, drinking caffeinated, caffeinated drinks. I don't give a fuck. That's what I, that's, that's how I roll. <laughs> Before we get into, uh, to raw, actually, um, just a couple of quick notes, a couple of quick things. Tori Wilson has been in, uh, is being inducted into the 2019 Hall of Fame class. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit around here and talk about who's deserving and who's not. Uh, you know, there are, <clears throat> you know, as important a personality she was to WWE, charming, um, charming a personality fantastic at what she did you know you you can't you you have to have a certain amount of uh uh uh, uh just clear-headedness <laughs> clarity and say well you know she's not getting in because of her in-ring work and that's fine and you know whatever she does you know if she does well she not if she does but you know now that she's going in you know it's fine. It's fine. I mean, she was a very important part of the WWE product at the time. You know, she was, it was a big deal. She dated Billy Kidman. That's not why. That's dumb. That's just, it just always boggles my imagination. You know, that Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson were once a, once a thing. And I mean, you know, it's the Hall of Fame, folks. It's the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, it it's it's Vince who decides who goes in and not or not. It's not as if there was like, you know, ballots being sent out with journalists, you know, voting, nominating, and then voting. There's, it's just Vince. You know, so yes, you know, we could sit around and argue if she's worthy or not. We could also sit around and, you know, come up with lists of women who aren't already in the Hall of Fame and should probably get in there before she does. <clears throat> Molly Holly. <clears throat> but, <laughs> you know, good on her. Good for her because she did work really hard for WWE. She was an integral part. I, I'll say it again. She was an integral part of the product back when she was uh, in her prime. Uh, and man, I mean, she's reinvented herself since then. She's carried, uh, a, a business sense with her today. Uh, she still looks in incredible shape. Can even argue she looks in better shape now than she did back then. Not she, that she didn't look good back then. Now she even looks healthier. So, you know, um, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, uh, good for her. It's it's just the WWE Hall of Fame ultimately, and China's still getting in. So 
I'm, you know, ultimately, I'm happy for her. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. We also got uh, uh, some news, and I tweeted it out this evening, that uh, at a uh, SmackDown Live event tonight, Asuka was apparently dropped on her head in a match against Mandy Rose at a live event. Um, and um, trainers came in to check on her, and they called uh, the... the Brought a uh, brought an end to the match as well, um, but apparently she's fine now. She tweeted out that she was okay. Apparently, you know the trainers were sent in, and this was precautionary that they ended the match. But it, Oscar tweeted out that she was okay. Now a lot of people, you know, uh, Sean uh, reported it, Diva Dirt reported it. There's a bunch of people, you know, this started making the round. So of course, of course, you know what started to happen, right? Ooh, fuck Mandy Rose. Ooh, get her out of the ring. Send her back. Yeah, fire her ass. Ooh, we don't know what happened. We don't know. Maybe Oscar didn't take the bump break. Yeah. And we, I, I feel like we always miss the big picture here. Now, thankfully, Oscar seems to be okay. All right, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep uh, our fingers crossed. Asuka is indeed okay, but um, we make sure that she's okay and that and that you know everything will go on go for it. But the one thing I find that we always seem to miss in these circumstances that that's always a perfect occasion to discuss is not who or who or who is or not talented and who's a danger in the ring. It's the schedule that these wrestlers put themselves through. WWE has a crazy amount of shows in a week. These wrestlers go out, and yes, you know, it's a live show, so they don't they don't go out all out and do crazy shit. But despite the but despite that, an accident can happen. Apparently one happened tonight. Hopefully it's not too severe. But how messed up would that be? For Asuka to end up missing WrestleMania because she got injured on a house show, house shows that don't even do that much business anymore, that are, that are turning into blips on WWE's revenue overall revenue. It's a revenue stream that is not making money. Average ticket prices are down. People want to see the TV tapings, not as much the live shows. Uh, yes, I get it. Oh, the wrestlers enjoy it more because they get to interact with the audience more. They can be more goofy because the cameras aren't around. I understand all that. That's not the point. The point is that you're putting them out on the road again an extra night, two extra nights in a week for them to go out and do shit instead of just giving them a bit of time off, rest their body, rehab their injuries so that they can come back stronger. We discuss, when I say we, I mean myself, uh, and uh, JPQ again. I kind of feel like he's my like he's my boyfriend these days. I've been talking so much about him. <laughs> JPQ and I talked about this not that long ago on the Omega Luke podcast, where uh, where that was the topic, talking about uh, talking about uh, uh, seasons or you know uh, 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 alleviating WWE wrestler schedules a bit. This is for this exact reason here. And we're going to turn the blame on the wrestlers, saying, "Well, they didn't, they didn't watch uh, themselves. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they're pushing themselves too hard." We're expecting wrestlers these days to work on higher levels. 
than they did back in the 80s. You know, where in the 80s, you know, the, the, it was when kayfabe was very much still alive, well, it had to look, everything they did had to look, uh, had, uh, had to feel more real. Now today, it's much more athletic. It's faster, acrobatic, call it what you will. The moves are different because we, this is what we expect from our wrestlers now. They need time. They need time off. They need time to relax. And, and the more you expose them in matches, you always run the risk of them getting hurt no matter, no matter how professional they are or not. It's just that simple. At some point, it's laws of averages, man. People are going to get hurt on live shows just because you're not giving you're not giving wrestlers time uh, just to rest, rest their body. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Oscar's okay. So if I if I hear anyone. Talking about, you know, Mandy Rose's shit or as it, that's what I'm going to answer. We're going to talk about schedules instead. There's a lot of blame we put on wrestlers when in fact, you know, management, uh, you know, these are, these are managerial decisions. It's their business decisions. I'm going to let it go because I feel like I could talk about it some more. But we got to talk about raw, 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 raw. We're going to start by talking about Roman Reigns, who came to the ring again, <laughs> again tonight. Yes, another good pop, um, another, uh, another good pop from, um, from, um, from the audience, the Philadelphia audience, too. Popping for Roman Reigns. Um, he has a microphone and he says, last week was the comeback this week in Philly. We take back our yard. <laughs> what he wants, he says, he starts talking about what he wants. And he says, there's only one man standing in my way. And that's my brother, Seth Rollins. And I need to address him tonight. Um, so that gets Seth Rollins, uh, who comes out to a very fantastic pop as well. Um, Seth has the microphone and he says, you know, the rem your remission announcement that you made last week, Roman, was one of the greatest moments of, uh, of my career. Uh, he says he's going to be inspired by the fight that Roman uh, put himself through to win the Universal title and bring it back to Raw every single week. Um, and Seth, you know, acknowledges that Roman had to uh, relinquish the title without having actually lost it. You know, and he says, that's something that I've been through before. I, I get it. I understand. And he says, you know, if there's anyone here that deserves a shot back at Brock, it's, it's, it's you, Roman. Roman! Um, Roman answers, you know, while I was gone, you know, there, there was one guy who looked over this place and that, that was you, Seth. Nobody has more confidence in you than me. You have what it takes so you go get him. You, you, you do your thing, Seth. You go get the universal title. He says, all he has to say is this. Good luck, my brother, but I need a favor from you. And Seth is like, well, anything at all, my friend. 
He says, I want to get the band back together one more time. He's talking about the shield, not an actual band, just in case you're wondering. What, what would Roman play as far as an instrument goes? What would Seth play? Like if the shield were a trio, like a musical trio, Dean would be the Dean would be the drummer, right? Right? But Seth doesn't come across as a bass player. Yeah, I think Roman would play bass. Roman would play bass and 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 definitely Seth would be on guitar. Um <laughs> so um So, so basically, it's like, you know, we got to do this one last time, you know, uh, one last time. And, you know, probably in the minds of casual viewers who don't spend every waking hour of the day on Twitter, such as myself. You're probably, well, why one last time? What's this one last time shit about? You know, they don't know that... Um, don't know at this point that Dean Ambrose has, has decided not to renew his contract, but they did bring out bring it up later in the show. Anyway, so they say basically, you know, we've just got one more guy that we need in uh, on this, uh, and that's Dean. So they call Dean. They say, "Come on out, Dean. Dean's music hits. <laughs> Dean's music hits. Dean comes out. Dean has got a microphone, but before Dean can say anything, Dean gets beaten by Seth in the back of the head, or in the upper back anyway, with a guitar, and Elias just runs away. Uh, yeah. So then um, Seth and, uh, and, and Roman run back up, but it's too late. Elias is hightailed. He's gone to hide in the bowels of the building while waiting for his match. So, um, so, you know, they sort of stand over Dean who gets back up and he shrugs Seth and Roman off. And he's like, nah, he walks off. I mean, here's the thing. Isn't, isn't this exactly why Dean turned heel in the first place? Like, wasn't it, wasn't it something like about, like, he said his shield brothers made him weak, right? That was, that was the main thing where he, you know, he was kind of tired of being third fiddle, you know, you know, uh, Roman and Seth always, you know, was always about the titles, you know, and then there was Dean, you know, kind of thing. When was Dean's thing? And here it's like, yeah, let's get the band back together. Dean, come on, you know? It's like uh, Dean. Dean can be like, look, you you stop pressuring me into this. Like even later on, when they do run into to to Dean after the his match with Elias in the ring, it's like, come on, man, come on. It's like it's kind of borderlining harassment, and it seems to me this is exactly why Dean turned in the first place. It's like, look, you guys, you guys always do your thing, and then you expect me to follow along. It kind of felt a little weird to me. Mm. I understand why they're doing it. You know, they do want to... You know... They went to the well quite a bit with the with the shield reunion thing over the past... <laughs> 10 months or so. 
But, you know, they've been really unlucky with it with the injuries and stuff. It hasn't been a good time to try and get the shield back. You can understand why they'd want to milk this puppy, especially if Dean is indeed leaving. Um, they, you know, you understand why they'd want to do it one last time. I think so. Um, yeah, there we go. Backstage, we have uh, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Lashley who are all backstage. They're chuckling because they're heels. Drew says that he broke the shield months ago. Three pathetic individuals living in the past. I still got to work on my Scottish accent. Baron Corbin uh, puts over uh, puts over their match, and uh, they will show where the where today's power uh, lies in WWE. I gotta say, I just want to point out before we do move on. I, I think it's it, it bears mention how nice and loose um, Roman was on the microphone. Don't didn't you find like he was like he was very very casual, you know, and he felt everything felt comfortable. He was smiling, he was confident, very very loose. And feeling loose is good. It's a good feeling to feel loose. Um. All right, so then we got our first match of the night, which was Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Nothing we've never seen before, but you know what? I thought this match clicked, and it clicked a lot for me because I felt like Braun was motivated. He was animated. He had a fire. He had a fire in everything he did. Um, he was super explosive against Corbin starting off. Runs him down with the uh, running shoulder tackle on the outside. Then he 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 meets Drew in the ring, and God damn, he palms him right in the face. He tags Finn in, but uh, Drew gets in control. Balor fights back, tosses Lashley and Corbin to the outside. Topi on Hilo on both guides, guys. Um, uh, Topi on Hilo on both guys, but uh, um, Drew uh, then Drew gets thrown out. Finn goes for a dive on Drew, but he gets tripped up by Leo Rush, who's on the outside. Back from commercial, Balor eats a deep six by Corbin, but kicks out at two. Finn tries to slingshot over the top rope, but uh, Corbin just decks him, and he falls on the apron. Brainbuster by Drew uh, on Finn. Get the, he covers him, but only gets two. Finn finally fights back and tags Angle in. Who gets two German suplexes on Drew. Drew tries to fight out of the third one, but eventually Kurt Angle gets the third. Um, he gets Drew into an ankle lock. Lashley comes in and eats a German of his own. But as Kurt gets back up, he eats a headbutt by Drew McIntyre, and that gets him back in control. As we come back from another commercial, Baron Corbin has Angle in chin lock. He tries to get Corbin into an ankle lock, but instead, Kurt Angle gets tossed out and allowed, and that allows Braun to run in and takes everyone out. Running power slam by um, by Braun on Baron Corbin, followed by the coup de grace from Finn. He covers him, but Leo gets uh, interferes, interrupts the uh, the count, and Finn is not happy. He goes after him, Leo. Finn goes after Leo. 
But uh, Finn gets uh, picked up by Bobby Lashley and posts him on the outside. That allows Braun Strowman just enough time to start running around the ring to shoulder tackle Lashley, who dodges at the very last moment, and Braun destroys Leo Rush right into the barricade that collapses into the timekeeper area. Leo Rush is dead. He's dead. No more Leo Rush. When the match comes to the end, when uh, Bobby Lashley does its, uh, does that double spin, that stupid uh, flip spear on Finn to get the win. You want to bet, because Lashley Lashley uses a uh, a spear, you know, as a uh, as a finisher. You want to bet he has to do the 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 flip thing, the spinning or whatever you want to call it on on the spear because oh the, the spear is Roman's move and now Roman's back. We got to leave him. You want to bet that's something stupid like that that you can't have two dudes having the same finisher? After the match, the heels continue the beatdown on Finn and Angle as well. uh, Braun Strowman is dead in the timekeeper's area. Like I said, I I thought this match clicked because everyone was hitting their marks. Everyone seemed motivated, especially Braun. And a motivated Braun is really, really good. Um... There we go. All right. Blaine says, I still want a Leo Rush face turn. Do we? Okay. When the, people are talking about a Vince McMahon impression. Did I do a Vince McMahon impression? I, I, If I did, it was completely involuntary. Maybe it's becoming second nature. Uh, now we get this... Terrible, terrible segment where there were cameras in the men's locker room earlier in the day capturing footage of some of the raw tag teams talking shit on heavy machinery. Saying that we're sick and tired of all the NXT. This was bad. This was bad because it was it was really written. This is this was really really written as if a 12-year-old did it. First of all, you have the ascension saying, you know, uh, we're sick and tired of all these NXT call-ups getting opportunities before us. This coming from the ascension, right? And they're saying this to the B team Former Raw Tag Team Champions. You shouldn't be talking to, to these guys about not getting opportunities. Victor. Victor. No, what this wasn't Victor. This was, no, sorry. Zack Ryder had to compare Otis Dosevich to Chris Farley in a bat, in a SNL sketch gone bad. We're talking. Chris Farley's die has been dead for 22 years and we're 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 doing Chris Farley references in 2019 folks. And then there's this 
something to the effect where, ooh, Otis is dumb. Yeah, but if you see Otis in the ring, uh, in the gym, he's really strong. And Victor goes, literally, he goes, that's because he's a dumbbell. <laughs> he literally goes, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Then we cut back to heavy machinery and, and Otis says it hurts his feelings. And then Tucker, Tucker, not, it's written Tucky on his, on his jacket. You know, Otis has his name, Otis. And Tucker Knight has Tucky, T-U-C-K-Y, Tucky. Tucky says he's going to go see the McMahons and fix this. Tucky. Jesus Christ. This was all bad. This was, it was all horrible. This was really, really bad. The only good line was um, when, uh, when Kurt Hawkins was saying, you know, I don't mind all these new guys because then maybe I'll actually get a chance at winning a match. That's the only thing where I'm like, hmm. And someone said on Twitter, oh, you know, Vince McMahon probably found this funny. What? There was, there was nothing funny about this. There was, no, there was no humor here. There was no comedy. There was no zingy zing zings. Ugh. Anthony says, I left to talk to my dad, came back to a, to a belly laugh. I knew the, it was the Ascension joke. It's not even a joke. It's not even... Jesus. CM Phil says, turning the tag division into gossiping bullies ain't it. You get, ain't that the truth? Sheesh. All right, anyway. Uh, next, we had... Um, we had a, uh, a match. Actually, we had another match. Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Not much going on here. I mean, this is... This, I think, is what you call a glorified squash. It was a quick match. Um, you know, there wasn't much to it. Uh, the ending came here. The ending came when uh, Natalia went for the sharpshooter. Ruby can't reach the ropes, uh, but she manages to power or reverse out of the sharpshooter and rolls Natalia up into a pin, who then goes back around and reverses Ruby into a pin and actually gets the win. So um, so then Lacey Evans comes out as Natalia is going back to do her her walk. And did you notice that like I'm I I'm sure you all noticed, but again, it you know, let's point this out. Lacey Evans gets introduced as the the sassy Southern Belle. Lacey Evans. Oh my God. I was really sure that Natalia was going to deck her across the, the forehead. I did. But still nothing. There's still, what are they doing? I don't understand. The sassy Southern Belle. Um, the uh, next we have 
the uh, they they recap the uh, Ric Flair uh, attack uh, with Batista, um, and then uh, then we cut to the the hosts of Saturday Night Live weekend update. Now, folks, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. Dennis Miller was still hosting um, Weekend Update, or was it Kevin Nealon? Was Kevin Nealon after Dennis Miller when he left? Can someone check that up? Uh, so I don't know who these people are. And that's fine. I'm I'm open to discovering new individuals. But there was a lot, there was a lot to, uh, like, like, I guess, I guess, if you know who these people are, you're probably excited. Or not. Um, but they're backstage talking to Stephanie McMahon and it turns out they're going to be WrestleMania correspondents. And they're setting up that uh, with the, the, these two guys, the one guy, Colin, Colin Jost, uh, he, they're setting him up as uh, you know, not quite understanding the intricacies of WWE. Like he's more like the heel. Like he pulled out the Mets cap in Philadelphia and everyone went boo, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, and thank you, JPQ. I think Nealon was after Miller, so that that was around when I stopped. Uh, that's when I stopped watching SNL when Kevin Nealon was was doing Weekend Update. That's pretty much it. Um. So uh, so yeah, so they they had this first segment, then they're gonna pop up pop up later on as well. Batista uh, lets us all know on his Insta, or lets Triple H know on his Instagram that um, that uh, you know he's you know we're going to be playing this game by his rules until the game is over. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? And then he you know he shits on Philadelphia because apparently he's the heel in this situation. Boo, Batista! Why are they bringing Batista back as a heel? You know, it. No one's going to. I'm not. I'm excited to see Batista back for a match against Triple H, and I hope he kicks the shit out of Triple H. I really do. <laughs> I'm. He's not a heel in my book. Again, you know, maybe had they done this. You know, in a way where, you know, understanding what their audience wants. Play off the fact that Batista had been trying so long to get in, to get back to WWE for one more match. You know, after being ignored for so long. And Triple H being, you know, being the authority figure like, fuck you, Dave. You know, and Batista just like, no, no, you know, I wanted your attention. I got my, I, I wanted your attention. I got your attention. Now here they're playing the sympathetic card with Triple H. And I saw someone in the chat a little earlier on saying Triple H tonight showed the entire roster how to cut a promo. I'm going to say one thing. Triple H in his retirement has become a far superior promo than in his heyday. Because he has done. uh, He's finished uh, doing these promos. Ah. where he would always end, uh, you know, every sentence. Uh, he doesn't do those anymore. And he does speak much more earnestly than he did back in the day 
Everything feels much more legit. He's a much better promo now than back when he was wrestling. Um, now, did Triple H? So, so on that front, you know, did if if the comment was around Triple H showing, you know, how to how how to work your delivery, how to put emotion into what you're doing, for sure, for sure, Br- dredging up Batista's past, saying, you know, you know, Dave. Uh, this isn't the first time that you've hightailed and quit, you know, the, when you don't get what you want, you... <laughs> he didn't exactly make those noises exactly, you know, precise noises. But, you know, some noises, some sound did come out of his, uh, come out of his mouth. Um, so... <laughs> chat's making me laugh right now. Sorry about that. Um, so, so basically, you know, so dredging up these, these, you know, real situations, you know, I'm okay with that. I have to say, I'm not really keen with, you know, all this veil peeking. It, (laughs) I just, I just did that on stream, like, Uh, so apologies to everyone listening to this on audio. Uh, I just did something that amused me. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, the, the promo, the, what I, what bugs me here and it happened, it happened a little too much tonight. It just got on my nerves. Um, there, too much peeking behind the veil, you know, it it's, it starts to feel like uh, latter-day WCW, you know, where, is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a work shoot? Is it a shoot work? And, you know, talking about Richard Fleer and then dredging up Reed Flair again and Jesus Christ, you know, and then Triple H saying, you know, this isn't characters. You're gonna look at the eye into the into the eye of the man, and like, it's not why I watch wrestling. And and even if you're telling me Triple H that you're mad at David Batista, I know you're not for real. I know. It's, it just bugs me. It, I I don't need this much fourth wall breaking. It's it it starts to it feels a little a little desperate to me. Um, I did like the emotion that Triple H put into this, and you could feel, you know, Triple H. You know, he's a big he's a big softy. You know, like when he talks about NXT and how proud he is of his boys and girls, and he gets all misty eyed. Now he's you know talking about you know when Ric Flair was in a coma and you know waiting, you know always his heart skipping a beat when his phone would ring, thinking that it was someone that was going to tell him that Rick passed away and he got all choked up you know. <laughs> so that was very that was a caricature, but he did you know for him it really came it was very sincere and I appreciate that. You know I think that it, it, it makes for a compelling character. When a character is is able to show off some vulnerability, it makes it it makes that person feel more relatable, more human. But it's a character, Triple H. Even though you tell us 
No, Dave, you're gonna, this isn't about characters. It's about you and I. It's about people being men. No, it's not. It's it. It's not. And yeah, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I mean, the quality of the promo itself. There's, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing. There, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was really good. It was perfect. Um. Let's see what uh, what Chad is talking about here. Um, <clears throat> Batista has a tattoo of a sun around his belly button, says JPQ. Thank you for that. Um, Anthony says, reality error, Warren, get with it. No, no. CM Phil says, I just found it hard to buy into trips taking the moral high ground when he has been a dirty heel for most of his career. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, his his character has changed tremendously, you know, over the past couple of years, um, ever since, the, like, the real authority has has dissipated, where, where I, you know, he's being presented much more as the good guy in the company, the savior, Vince being the evil decision maker and triple H being the guy that does everything right. Um, so yeah. JPQ asks, if you kayfabe kayfabe, does it make it a shoot? <laughs> and Kristen says, ah, oh, Warren is just a kid at heart. Keep kayfabe alive for the children. And it's still real to me. Yeah, with friends like those. Um, <laughs> uh, they recap uh, then um, they recap uh, Ronda abdicating the title and Stephanie McMahon uh, is backstage with uh, with Charlotte um, Stephanie McMahon is back backstage saying that uh, Charlotte wants thinking that she's going to be coronated just be handed the title is presumptuous presumptuous and calls it blasphemy WWE is going to do what's best for business and drop all the charges against Becky Lynch and lift the suspension. But but Becky is, is here to sign a hold hardness agreement. Hold harmless agreement. Because they're going to set up Jesus, right? I think we're going to talk about the entire women's segment from this point on because... Okay. Stephanie basically says backstage that at Fastlane, she's going, she's setting up a match, Charlotte versus Becky for the Raw Women's title. Okay. Winner wins the title, of course, but <laughs> Becky has to sign what's referred to as a hold harmless uh, agreement, which basically absolves WWE of any legal action should she aggravate her injuries right now, uh, her, her current injuries, you know, basically to say, well, you're not clear to wrestle Becky, but if you sign this, you can wrestle, but we, we, we uh, abdicate all responsibility in this situation. All right. So, um, I, I, I think, I think we're just going to move on to the main event segment since we're start since we're talking about this, I feel like it, everything should coalesce into a good uh, one package here. 
So we get to the we get to the main event. Charlotte comes out. She's ready. She's ready for to to get her to 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 get the uh the, this this thing going, right? Becky comes out. Huge reaction, of course. And Charlotte gets a, a great heel reaction as well. Don't get me wrong. Becky's ready to go. She wants to beat the shit out of Charlotte, but Stephanie intervenes and she says, "Look, no. Nope, you have to sign these papers first. Me bucko." And then as she signs the papers and the, you know, they're, they're, they're getting excited in the ring. They want to get this going. Ronda Rousey arrives at the building and she walks in. It takes her all the time for, from, yeah, it, she came in so far, so deep in the building that it took the entirety of a commercial for her to come in and hit the ring. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. She was really, she was like, like, came in through the southwestern entrance which was super convoluted because she had to go through like the kitchen to get to like the actual locker room and then enter gorilla <laughs> um so Rhonda gets in here what <laughs> what yeah Bobrowski and I, I think we're pretty much on the same page that's right it's kind of weird um so basically, um, Rhonda hits the ring. She grabs a microphone. She says, Steph, what are you doing? She says, I didn't vacate anything. I wanted you to include Becky, not exclude me. Give me my title back. And Stephanie McMahon goes, hey. <laughs> basically just hands it back. And then Rhonda goes on a tirade where she's like, you can't fire me. You value your, your wallet over your pride. Uh, and then she, she, she shits on Stephanie McMahon. She says that, you know, I don't need this job. Uh, I don't need this job. I don't care about, um, about this business. You know, I've done everything to entertain you. Now she's talking about the people. Yes, yes. She cut a soft core you people promo, folks. Says, I've done everything to entertain you. I'm done being your dancing monkey. Uh, damn your fantasies. Damn the man. Screw the woo. And no more Mrs. Nice Bitch. Then she attacks Charlotte, knocks her out of the ring, and goes to beat the shit out of Becky Lynch. And did she... Have you ever seen a palm strikiest palm strike than the one that she just clocked Becky across the face with. She slaps her across the face and she just proceeds to uh, beat her up. Rhonda can't do, uh, not Rhonda, but Becky can't do anything. So, and, and, and what I really liked the most about this angle here was how Charlotte was on the outside of the ring and she was like, I'm uh, I'm okay with this. I'm. She's like just standing around. I'm not getting involved. You just go ahead, Rhonda. You just beat the shit out of this one. And and it was really strange. This whole thing was really strange. So. 
Becky is reduced to a is, is reduced to a mess. She, uh, Ronda Rousey stands above her with her foot up against her face. I'm pretty sure after the uh, last week on Twitter, Ronda felt really good about that. Um, and and that's how that's how this uh, the, the 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 show ended. And this is where the this angle is headed headed. All right. Okay. Uh, hmm. Now, at first, I'm going to say, uh, uh, first and foremost, okay, I, I think that this is important to preface this. We've got to put an umbrella over this. Despite what I feel about how this angle is going and how they're handling people in this angle, the women are again closing out Raw in a main event position. You know, the where the most compelling story in WWE, the most entertaining, or at least what's was till until recently, the most entertaining angle, maybe exaggerating. The most entertaining things that they're doing are all involving the women. And no one is like, no, I, I, and no one is like, Oh, for the first time ever, or Ooh, the women are in the main event. It's now it, it feels natural and it feels normal because Everything that has to do with 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 Becky and Charlotte and Rhonda is so high level. It's is high level shit. Um, you know, I think we 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 still have to we <laughs> we still have to um, maintain perspective. We still have to maintain perspective that look, the women are closing out Raw. The women are closing out Raw, and it's not a big deal. It just feels. Like it's the normal thing. So that to me is still something that we, it's a positive. This is a huge net positive nonetheless. Now I had called Ronda Rousey dropping the title or abdicating the title as a way for them to take the strap off of her without her losing it and protecting her for some reason. And I was ready to go on a massive rant about that. And talking about, you know, how stupid it is to protect someone who, uh, who is just about to, who's just about ready to leave the company, uh, to protect someone who, uh, who's, uh, shown, um, copious amounts of disrespect to the business because she's not getting what she wants. Uh, who spent, the better part of the last year mowing through uh, the entire women's roster. You're maintaining one star while not elevating anyone else. Uh, so, but I'm not going to do that because they gave the title back to her. So she's in a position to lose the title again, which works by me. Um, what is this angle anymore? I don't understand what this angle is anymore. And it right now, I feel like they're doing, they're pulling a Brock, uh, not a Brock, excuse me, they're pulling a Roman Reigns with us on Ronda Rousey. A lot of people feel that Charlotte was shoehorned into this. Now I feel like they're, I feel like they're trying to elevate, they've been trying to keep Ronda up onto a, uh, a, 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 a position of prominence because Becky has been 
but he has been such an organic baby face in all of this. They, it sort of screwed up their plans. I really do think that they added Charlotte into this mix because they needed a real, true-to-form heel. Because in their minds, Ronda was a babyface and Becky is a babyface. So we needed to, they needed to have Charlotte in there to even things out. The <laughs> I'm there's so much stuff I want to say at once. I'm trying to I'm trying to parse. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, to, to 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 compartmentalize so that it just doesn't sound like a big blurb of blah. Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble. She decided to go after Ronda Rousey in a situation which made sense because they had set that up at Survivor Series where Becky had attacked Ronda on Raw by surprise, brought the women over for a, to build up to the Survivor Series match. So that that set that was the uh, that was the ignition for their feud. We all expected Becky to win the Royal Rumble and have her spot uh, and, and have her spot at WrestleMania so that we would get the match so that we would get Ronda and Becky. Like I said, they added Charlotte in there because I feel like they needed to they, they needed to create some heat. They needed someone to counteract the baby faces. Whatever. That's why she was thrown in there. And I have said, and you know, a lot of us have been discussing about, uh, have been discussing Ronda Rousey. I even, we even did a full surprise th stream on this last Thursday, as you can check out on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Talked about Ronda Rousey for about 45, 50 minutes. Whole bunch of uh, people joined us. Anthony Suter, JPQ, Joe uh, Soriano, Kristen Ashley. A whole bunch of people jumped in to give, the, to give their thoughts. The... I never expected them to turn Ronda heel. You know, when they have a vision for someone like John Cena, like Roman Reigns, no, they're baby faces. And by God, by God, you're going to make, you're going to hang on to them as baby faces. They're going to, you're going to like them as baby faces. God damn it. So that's what I was expecting. It's like to me, it was it wasn't even something conceivable in my mind that they would just go ahead and turn Ronda heel four weeks before WrestleMania, nonetheless, you know. But then they they did it. They actually did it. Something they should have done as she came in, because what she did to Becky is much more believable much more Ronda Rousey-esque than anything they had her do with her fight for your dreams kind of, uh, you know, when you have a dream, you have to dream big, all that bullshit, baby face bullshit. We didn't buy it. We didn't buy it because mm, she's not all that charismatic. You know, she she works too much with a script with uh, what's the, what did WWE call it, say? It was uh, her, uh, the reports that her language was anticlimactic. So, anyway, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. So, so the story post-Royal Rumble was Becky was injured. 
She hurt her knee. Because she hurt her knee, she was pulled from the WrestleMania main event because she didn't want to get uh, checked out by a doctor. So she was suspended. Yet she'd still come to the ring to beat up Charlotte, to beat up Ronda, because she's mad as hell, and then she got arrested. They were obviously going down the path of her being the underdog, this scrappy, I'll do it my own way thing. Yes, drawing comparisons to Stone Cold Steve Austin. But they never went full Stone Cold with her because Stone Cold would have run in and beat up everyone, stunnered all of the uh, uh, you know security and the McMahons and he wouldn't be given the shit. So they didn't go full on like that as a lot of people have compared... Uh, I've said, oh, they're doing Stone Cold with Becky. No, they're not. So so the idea here was Becky's an underdog. She has to claw and scrape her way to get her rightful spot at WrestleMania. That's what they want her to do. Wasn't good enough that she just won the Royal Rumble. No, we'll take that away from you because you've been injured. And the way that the McMahons did it you know, Triple H and Stephanie, it was, they weren't being heels. It was like, no, we're concerned for you. Like, you know, you, yeah, you know, you're kind of right. But then when Vince added Charlotte in there and said, well, said Charlotte is going to replace you, Becky, then we're like, oh no, fuck you. F- fuck y'all. This is awful. So this is what we were building to. In one evening, just tonight, They wiped it clean. Becky has no more obstacles. She doesn't have to fight for her spot at WrestleMania. She doesn't have to. She she doesn't have to be even be checked out medically because it's like yeah, just sign this paper and you you just go fight. You know. So what was the point of the past three to four weeks, or at least since the Royal Rumble, because that was the basis of the story. This is what we were thinking. This is where we were going. Becky overcoming all the odds. But the story has been less and less about Becky and more and more about Ronda. Ronda trying to, you know, it it was very strange last week. You know, it was like, look... Here's the belt. I don't give put put Becky in here. I can't take it anymore. You're not quite sure on what footing she's dancing, but the she man, if they had turned her heel last week and be like, no, 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 we're gonna do things my way instead of waiting this extra week, it would have worked so much better. But I'm convinced that what happened earlier this week with the tweets and so forth, so on and so forth. They were like, well, we we have to do something. You know, uh, Rhonda's not happy. Let's let's just flip flip everything around and try to make her look heel. Because did I say Becky? I mean Rhonda. No, but Becky has been very very low key as far as her in ring interactions have been. They haven't been as smarmy or aggressive or. She's been, it's been very muted. She's been lost in a lot of dialogue that's been going on around her. Not necessarily a bad thing. But it's as if she wasn't even really there tonight, aside to, to from taking the beating. 
Now, there's no real reason at this point to have Charlotte in the triple threat. There's no real reason for it anymore because Vince McMahon put her in there to be the to be the challenger. Now, Becky has Becky's been cleared. There's the suspension's been lifted. The charges are dropped. We don't even care if you're clear to, to, to go forward or not. Just go. And now Ronda is back being the champion. She comes back and says, give me back my belt. She gets her belt back. And now, now it's a triple threat, or at least we're heading towards a triple, a, th- a triple threat. You know damn well that Becky's going to win at Fastlane. That's, I mean, it, it's prescribed at this point. And if you remember my fantasy booking as well, I had I had posited, proposed, offered that at the match at Fastlane, Becky versus Charlotte, un, still under the guise of, of Becky being suspended, you know, where she comes in and she keeps messing everyone up and WWE says, look, fine, okay, listen, we're sick of you running in from the audience and beating everyone up with crutches. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give you, this is what we're going to do. You're going to have a match at Fastlane against Charlotte Flair. If you win, your suspension is lifted and you go into the main event at WrestleMania. If Charlotte wins, your suspension maintains and we keep the main event uh, we keep the main event in and about itself. Cuz right now there's no stakes for Charlotte at their match at Fastlane. Whether she wins or loses, she doesn't give a shit. She's still in the main event. It'll the only stake that 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 matters for her is whether Becky is in there or not but it's not even that compelling a stake. You know what I mean? It's like, let's add in another person or not. It would have been much more dramatic to have Charlotte be put in a position where, look, I might lose my spot. Creates an an entirely new dimension. Right now, Charlotte doesn't have all that much to lose, except, well, there's going to be another person in my match. Becky has everything to win. I really feel like this past week with everything that happened, everything that happened on Twitter and so on and so forth, I am convinced that this is an on-the-fly, let's mix it up, let's change things around because it just makes so little sense. It just, it, it, this whole situation doesn't make sense. It's kind of, it, it, and it does kind of bother me to be to be honest because I really feel like this this could actually hurt Becky much more than we think because it just takes away so much shine from her character from everything that we're developing with her. Let me go see what uh, what y'all chat is talking about here. <clears throat> because I haven't been paying too much attention. I apologize. I really love you guys. I really love you guys. Um, CCM Phil agrees with me. I honestly think the decision to turn Ronda happened within the last 48 hours. I I do so as well. Um, Blaine says, all I'm saying is uh, just give us two badasses kicking the shit out of each other. Two shades of gray characters. And I'm okay with that. I am 100% okay with that. Jamie Tanak, hey, hi, Jamie. 
I know she's destroyed Charlotte for almost a year now, so it doesn't feel like uh, like it, but she still has to get past Charlotte to get to Mania. And okay, absolutely. And on that level, you know, it makes sense for her to to have to face Charlotte again. Their, their stories have been so intrinsically, intrinsically uh, meshed over the past year, uh, or at least nine months. <clears throat> um, you know, it, uh, it it's a continuation of their story, right? But then again, you know, long long form stories like that, kind of like what they do in New Japan. Those those actually those actually need long term booking, which is something that WWE is completely unable to do. I really do feel. Like this is uh, like this is something that is very, very last minute. Um, <clears throat> why? What? What are you talking about, chat? If you <laughs> okay, plug your stuff, and if you don't have stuff, plug your favorite band. <laughs> and John sends this La Isla Bonita by Madonna. Um, Anthony says it could be worse. Could be women of honor. That dumpster fire of booking. Not uh, yeah. I've heard that it's not all that fantastic. But then again, then again, Madison Rain left, so that's that's a net improvement right there. Um. So there we go. That was my Ronda Rousey women's situation chat rant. Uh, I really, I'm afraid that they're messing it up. I really do. I really, really do. Um, so next, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. We're going to talk about heavy machinery versus the gauntlet of Raw tag teams who were talking shit about them backstage. Otis, uh, <laughs> Otis, um, I'm sorry, chat. Some people in chat are having an issue with the fact that I said that Madison Rain leaving Ring of Honor is good for Ring of Honor. Um, it's just an opinion, it's just an opinion. Uh, the match starts with uh, Otis uh, Dosevich and uh, Curtis Axel uh, Axel who starts flossing not like you know using thread between his teeth but actually doing the floss dance Uh, and I already know from this point on that this is not going to be a match that I'm going to enjoy Uh, the compactor puts Bo Dallas away the Ascension are in the uh, they're in control early early on but the uh Heavy machinery guys uh, get back in control. Uh, they do the bushwalker walk and crush. Uh, uh, they do the bushwalker walk and then crush Connor's head between their their bodies. Uh, the Ascension do a, a try some double team efforts, but they uh, they're having trouble. Uh, Connor is staying in control of Tucker until he hits the post, and Otis gets the hot tag. Followed by slam by Otis on Victor. Second rope splash. On uh, from uh, on Victor by Otis gets the pin. Hawkins and Ryder come in last. Um, Hawkins and and Ryder do a nice double team 
uh, side Russian leg sweep STO, uh, but uh, Otis pop-up slams Hawkins and does the Caterpillar elbow, and that's that. They ran the gauntlet, but um, uh, it ran the gauntlet, but we still managed to put heavy machinery over, I guess. It was just, it was just weird. Um, there we go. No, I'm not showing you anyone how to do the floss. Babaruski in chat. That's not doing it. Kristen says, it's only an opinion that I hear daily talking about my opinion on Madison Rain. He's insanely laser focused when it comes to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely me. I'm I first of all I really hate a lot, correct? That's uh, you guys know coming here. I hate so many things. I'm so laser focused on them. But I Madison look, I mean this is a WWE show. Why am I talking about Madison Rain? If we want to talk about Madison Rain in a WWE context, let's talk about what she did against Mercedes Martinez at the May Young Classic 2018. Mercedes Martinez is one of the uh, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. She's fantastic. She's a ring general. She can get a good match out of anyone except Madison Rain because she's a sack of potatoes. Okay, next. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. <laughs> it says... Charlotte is back. So, oh, well, we talked about Charlotte and all that. We're going to skip over these notes. Um, we have uh, we had segments with Roman and Seth backstage trying to convince Dean to get the shield back together. But Dean is preoccupied. He's got other things to do. Um, next, we get an Elias segment. He's in the ring. He does probably one of his better, his better uh, crap over the hometown um, uh, probably, probably one of his better, better songs. His Philadelphia song tonight was uh, was really um, was really funny. I liked it. It brings out Dean Ambrose, uh, who's who's favoring his back because um, because of the previous guitar shot. Dean's go goes right after Elias. He gets top uh, who uh, who uh, gets tossed over the top rope. Uh, Dean goes after him on the outside, <clears throat> cracks Elias's back against the barricade, tosses Elias back into the ring, only to toss him back outside. And then we go to commercial. Back from commercial, Elias is rope walking. He's doing some Undertaker old school. Uh, Mule kicks Dean. Dean falls to the outside. Elias slingshots him over the rope, but Dean misses. He hits the floor, and Dean runs back into the ring. Um, <clears throat> Dean and Dean runs back into the ring and dives onto Elias. Dean with some clotheslines. Uh, Elias rushes uh, Dean into the corner and clubs him down. A drift away is reversed into a pin by Ambrose, who only gets two. Reverse neck breaker by Dean follows. Dean tries to climb up uh, up uh, top, but ooh, his back hurts. But he slaps his head. He did, he just he just wills his his body back into shape and uh, goes up top. Nonetheless. Uh, he goes up top, uh, jumps off, but eats a jumping knee by Elias as he's flying off the ropes. And Elias hits the drift away for the win. 
And the Ambrose Felware tour continues. And this is where the shield then came out. And Seth is like, he's going up to, to Dean. He's like, hey, hey, what? We got to do this together. What are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, I'm like, man, you guys are, this is harassment. This is not cool. Dean starts to leave through the audience. And then Corbin McIntyre and Lashley come out. Corbin says, this is pathetic. Um, McIntyre says, oh, the fabled hounds of justice now going for table tracks. Scrap, excuse me. We were going to offer you a match for Fastlane, but instead we are going to end this tonight. And they start beating down on Roman and Seth. And Dean has a change of heart. He can't bear to see his brothers get destroyed. So he runs to help them out. The baby faces stand tall and the shield do the fist bump. The shield are back. The shield are back. Next, we have uh, Sasha Banks versus Tamina. Apparently, the first title defense for Sasha and Bailey is going to happen at Fastlane this weekend with very little fanfare, which sucks. Uh, not much of a match here. Let's be uh, completely honest. There's a moment where um, Sasha hits the uh, side Russian leg sweep into the bank statement and Nia Jax, who's on the outside, drags Tamina out and the ref, the ref doesn't call it. He doesn't see it. Jesus. Terrible, terrible officiating by WWE. Um, the match comes to an end when... Um, uh, after Tamina and Sasha brawl a little bit on the outside, uh, Tamina goes back into the ring. Uh, Sasha goes back in, but uh, Nia Jax holds her leg, which allows Tamina to recuperate long enough and super kick Sasha. And that's that. She gets the pin. We see the SNL guys who are backstage and they run into Braun Strowman. Uh, the or at least um, Josh, what's his name? He runs into Braun, you know, and he says, "Hey, you're a big fella or something like that." And he says, "You know, is any of this real?" And Braun takes offense to that, like any good pro wrestler should, and he lifts him up and props him up against the wall and he starts choking him. He chokes him for like six hours, or at least the entirety of the commercial. He's been choking him out. You know, I, I'm no medical expert. I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I don't have a degree in medicine. But it seems to me, if you're choking someone for three minutes, if that guy's not dead, well, he's in brain damage territory, right? Um, so, uh, and, and this is another thing, too, that, you know, talking about, you know, fourth wall breaking, you know, just the whole, is this thing real stuff? It's like, we, we, we should all be beyond this anyway, you know. But then again, I do know that you know, even as wrestling fans, sometimes, you know, we do get, you know, you know, you guys, you guys know this is fake, you know. I get that, but that's the thing. It's like no one asks, is all this real it's more like, you know, this is fake. Of course, they didn't use the F word, especially after what happened with, um, especially with what happened uh, with uh, 
what's her face earlier <laughs> earlier this week, Rhonda. But um, yeah. And the way the segment ended, right, with the with the two guys with the, the uh, um, with the uh, the SNL guys, it was like Braun saying, "I'll see you guys at WrestleMania." And saying he's going to be at WrestleMania, and I'm like, okay, this is this is what they're this is what they're preparing for Braun. This is what they have ready for Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, folks. Another. Another WrestleMania moment where they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna power slam the SNL guys or something like that. Ugh. I mean, if they do that, if they do that, they being WWE, it will have just confirmed that they have completely lost it as far as Braun Strowman's contributions to the company. And how they just missed that boat entirely. And uh, the last thing we're going to talk about this evening is our last match of the night. Ricochet and Aleister Black versus The Revival who have a uh, a chance at the titles. Crowd, The Philly crowd chanting NXT really, really loud. Seeing all of our NXT boys in the ring there. Uh, Alistair comes out uh, kicking, but the Revival do a double-team kick counter into a backdrop on Black. Big European uppercuts by Dawson follow. Some crisp offense as well. Um, Dawson whips him into the ropes. Alistair comes back with a lion salt, and we go to commercial uh, just as Chad Gable and Robert Roode are coming down to the ring. As we come back from commercial, Alistair is uh, fighting back with uh, Dawson hitting a big jumping knee on on him. Wilder comes in, tries to double team, but uh, Black Leg sweeps them both, which allows him to uh, to get the hot tag to Ricochet, who has a lot of really quick offense, lots of pin, uh, pin attempts. A head scissors uh, takes Dawson out. Flying uppercut to Wilder sends him out of the ring as well. And Gable and Rude attack the Revival to force the disqualification. They are mad. Mad, 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 mad. Now the NXT guys are bad. Mad, 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 mad. So Rude and Gable get into the ring and they 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 have a stare down. They shout at each other. They start fighting each other. The NXT guys uh, fight off the former champs who head to the outside. Uh, and the NXT dudes tease doing dives, but instead they do their, simultaneously their, they do their springboard off the ropes moves you know where Alistair springboards off into a lion salt but then lands in his uh, seated position and Ricochet, Ricochet does the same but in his superhero hitting the ground kind of <laughs> exactly like this but cooler so there we go so there we go then we had the final segment. We already talked about that. So that, there you have it, folks. That is my Raw recap that went on quite quite some time. I went over time tonight for you. For you, folks. Because I, I love I love you all. I really do. You, you, you're here to, to listen to me rant and rave, and I really do appreciate it. But thank you very much uh, for, for, for joining me, whether here live, everyone live, 
on the. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should I should start calling. Kristen pointed this out. I should start calling Chad Chad Gable Chadwick since I call Robert, Bobby Rude Robert Rude Chadwick and Robert. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, you know, thank you all so very much for for joining me live this evening if you're joining and if you're watching later on on youtube or on your podcast application thank you so much all of this support is very very important means the world to me and i can't thank you enough so uh so there we go we'll go with that and uh, we'll see you tomorrow tuesday have a great evening